For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, let's get it done. It is Monday, the 15th of January, 2024. This is TNT, today's News Talk. I am Rick Munn, and this is the Locked Unloaded Show, pushing up to my second anniversary with TNT on Wednesday. I think it is the 17th. That was my first broadcast. I was sick as a pig when TNT launched on the 10th of January, 2022, and I didn't take to the airwaves until the 17th. But anyway, uh, that's coming up on Wednesday. Hard to believe it's been almost two years, but hey, there you go. Time flies when you're having fun, as they say in the trade. And whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and whatever you're doing, of course, we hope it's nice. You're very welcome to listen in or watch what we're doing here on TNT. And it's been a, uh, an explosive start to the day. I understand that uh, we had a couple of new presenters making their debut appearances this morning. Sonia Poulton was on, I think, from 7 to 8 a.m. UK time. And then Abby Roberts uh, stepped up and uh, did a show from 8 to 9. And then, of course, Natalie and I followed on from that. And from what I can gather, the feedback has been very positive for that. Great to see those two ladies coming on board. And I think it will only strengthen TNT's hand even further into 2024 and beyond. And you know what? World domination, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, is absolutely on the cards with TNT. If not, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this if we're not going to dominate the world? We don't want to be just mediocre. We don't want to just be there. We don't want to just be an also-round station. We want to be the best of the best. At least that's my take on it anyway. Maybe I've got it all wrong, but that's my vibe and that's my mentality. If you're not going to go big, then you should go home. So we're going big here uh, this year so far in 2024 with TNT. Of course, your comments are extremely welcome. Thank you so much. Listen to everybody. Some of you faithfuls have been on here from day one and in the live chat from the start. It's absolutely buzzing at the minute. I cannot keep up with what's going on. The guests, the editorials, the news stories, the live chat. It is mad, but it is mad in the best possible way. It's activity, people interacting, people leaving their thoughts and opinions. And I do have a little browse through the live chat when my show's over. And I do read the comments. And thank you so much to everyone that takes the time out uh, to leave a thought, an opinion or a comment. Of course, you can leave uh, any views you want on the live chat, tntradio.live, or send us an email through the contact submission forms on the website. And if that isn't enough, you can watch us as well as listen to us on our uh, website, tntradio.live. There's a little uh, insert on the main page that will take you through to our YouTube live stream link. Or watch us on Odyssey, BitChute, Rumble, or any of the major streaming platforms. Or you can download our app from the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, whichever tickles your fancy, and stay connected with us uh, perpetually for all time here on the one and only The Great TNT, today's news talk. Bringing you a world view. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's news talk radio, TNT. You know, Gemma was planning on uh, doing a few little news stories just a little bit, but you know what? I had to spend the last four or five minutes solidly plugging TNT and I had to restrain myself. I could have went on for a little bit longer. I must say I'm a little TNT fanboy. I make no apologies for it, irrespective of whether I'm part of this organization or not. I love it. And I do think it's already looking pretty damn strong for 2024. What's your assessment? 
Well, I was delighted to uh, to be working with Sonia Poulton this morning on her first show, and then I listened to Abby Roberts and her first show on TNT. And you know, both of them are exemplary women in terms of uh, opinions, views, uh, research, uh, and broadcasters. You know, it's great to see the roster of presenters growing all the time here. And I'm just intrigued, actually, Rick, to know if uh, if you're going li- to put a little party hat on and one of those, you know blow things on a, on Wednesday, whether we should have a little celebration and a little cake for you with your second you know, second uh, anniversary. I have literally got a very big head. I don't just mean in terms of my ego, but in terms of my cranium. And it's very difficult to find a little party hat to fit my big, thick Irish skull. But, you know, I'll be celebrating in my usual fashion, which is a little bit dour, a little bit of black humour and a lot of black shirt. And that's how I'll be celebrating on Wednesday. And you know what? Uh, To give credit to Sonia and also to Abby, there's a lot of energy flying around this morning off the back of those two ladies. Uh, They bring it energetic, very passionate, very uh, dynamic for such an early hour of the morning too. And you, of course, uh, you're involved in that and uh, getting into the production and the news editorial side of things from uh, 6 a.m. onwards all the way up until James Freeman finishes. So never mind those two ladies. Big salute, of course, to Gemma, the Cooper Trooper as well, who is in the mix on all of the shows. What more could you want here? on TNT. But anyway, that's enough uh, blowing you up for now. Uh, we've got a story here to cover well, what's what's happening in the world. Well, I do think, you know, day 15 of 2024 and um, that already so much has happened in the world and that more is to come without a doubt. I and mean, we talked about Rishi Sunak in the last hour, Yumi and Natalie, he'll have to address Parliament today to explain his actions of uh, steaming into Yemen with the America. Um, and now we've got the Defence Secretary, John Grant Shapps here in the UK. He's going to be giving a speech later, the Lancaster speech, and that a, a leaked copy has made its way to some outlets, uh, unsurprisingly. And he's expected to announce that he's going to say and 20,000 UK troops um, to NATO's largest military exercise since the Cold War. It's across Europe. It involves 31 nations. We're going to be part of that. And he's going to be sending our troops and a host of military equipment along with that, uh, two new Royal Navy aircraft carriers, eight warships, a lightning attack aircraft, uh, and 20,000 military personnel. It's called Steadfast Defender, this NATO mm. military exercise. It's a drill. It's a drill, basically. Um, and he's basically saying we're going to uh, try and repel Putin, keep Putin back. Uh, and there's some very interesting language that that he's using as justification for this quite extensive uh, uh, sort of of um, addition to this team of, uh, of of allied forces, effectively, he is he, these words he's expected to say later are: our adversaries are rebuilding their barriers, old enemies are reanimating, battle lines are being redrawn, the the tanks are on the Ukraine's lawn. Very emotive. This is the word that's interesting, though. He says the tanks are on Ukraine's lawn, and the foundations of the world order are being shaken to their core. The foundations mm. of the world order. I think he's left out a word there. We all know what word that is. Mm. But it, it does look like everyone once again is operating in lockstep uh, in this, this steadfast defender drill. It's got echoes of event 201 written all over it. You know, it's, it's called a drill. Well, they're obviously preparing for something. Um, and it's it's our troops our equipment and our money that are going to be taking part in this. What I would ask, I heard you uh, talking in the last hour about, you know, you've got friends who are veterans and I met a lot of veterans in the freedom rallies, uh, especially 2021. I met a lot of uh, freedom uh, 
veterans at the rallies. And all of them have said, you know, once you're in the army and you've signed the Official Secrets Act and you actually see firsthand the reality of war behind the scenes as opposed to the PR packaged version that you're sold by the mainstream media, you realize it's all corrupt. And I would I would wager, and it's a question I, I wondered if you would like to answer, you know, how many of UK military personnel, these 20,000 that are being deployed on Steadfast Defender, actually want to go? You know, are they seeing it's a proxy war? Have they seen through the headlines? Uh, are they thinking, I don't want to go there? I mean, you, in Ukraine, nobody wants to fight. It's, cons it's conscription now, isn't it? It's conscription. Yeah. Um, dragging people off the streets, literally, to go and fight this proxy war. Now they're bringing in 31 nations, including the UK. I'm not sure all 20,000 uh, military personnel are, you know, jumping for joy at the prospect of this as we start the new year. And I, I wonder what your thoughts are on it. I would say uh, with a group that says you're going to have uh, people in there that don't want to be doing it. This is the thing with the Army, though, or the armed services. Whenever you sign up to do that, whether it be the Navy, the Air Force, or the Army, you take a vow to defend queen and country as it was back then, or now it's king and country. And with the hierarchy, as I'm sure you know, with the Army, listen, you have to obey the next highest rank. So if you're a, a corporal and your sergeant tells you what to do, you have to do it. If your staff sergeant tells your sergeant what to do, you have to do it. If the captain tells the sergeant what to do, he has to do it. If the lieutenant tells the captain or if the general tells the lieutenant, they all have to fall in line. And if they don't, Gemma, there's massive repercussions. They can get locked up in a military prison. They can be booted out of the army. They can lose their benefits. So whether or not these guys agree with this or not, uh, is neither here nor there. When you're in the army, you're almost uh, reprogrammed and reconditioned to be, uh, you know, you've said a good little citizen in the matrix. You have to be a good soldier. You have to do what you're told. You don't ask questions. When they say jump, you say how high. And of course, within the army as well and all the military uh, operations across the world, a lot of experimenting was done on soldiers with vaccines, different vaccines over the years. Gulf War syndrome has been a, as a result of that. Some malaria medication that was given out to uh, soldiers was experimental as well. So when you're in there, uh, when you're in the army, uh, there's not a whole hell of a lot that you can do if you don't agree with uh, the government's policy. You just have to say yes, sir, no, sir, or three bags full, sir, or yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and three bags full, ma'am. So unfortunately, a lot of these guys, whether they disagree or not, they're going on this exercise, Gemma, whether they like it or not. And, and of course, the question is, it's an exercise, it's a drill, it's a rehearsal, but 31 nations across Europe, a rehearsal for what? Well, I know why, why see the need to thrust so much money and resources at this? And, and you know, he almost gives himself away, Grant Shapps. I mean, he hasn't actually uttered these words yet. This speech is expected to come out later on. But, you know, the foundations of the world order. Mm -hmm. are being shaken to their core. Language. Well, very interesting language. You know, we talk about hiding in plain sight, don't we? We talk about tacit consent has to be given. And if you don't say no, that's tacit consent. Um, but to actually come out and say that, uh, you know, the defence minister, given the current climate of like, they know how many people now think like us. They know how many people share the opinions of many of us here at TNT and our, and our listeners and viewers. We see through what they're trying to do, this globalist lockstep. So to use the words world, world order to justify this, it's like a red rag to a bull, isn't it? And it does indicate uh, that they mean business. That's what I think in this. They, they mean business with this exercise and it will be leading somewhere. 
It will. And, you know, the justification, there has to be justification to this. As you have said, one of the things that Shaps has said is that the foundations of the world order are being shaken to the core. Very, very uh, dramatic language that he's using. But also, uh, if you read a little bit more into this, he said, this is the largest military exercise since the Cold War to practice, in their words, repelling an invasion by Vladimir Putin's forces. So the whole business about Ukraine was we have to fight this war because Putin wants to take all of Ukraine. And if Ukraine falls, who will be next? Will he go into Poland next? Putin had no intention whatsoever of uh, reclaiming Ukraine. All he wanted to do was uh, protect the people in the eastern part of the country from attacks from Ukrainian army forces, the Azov Battalion, etc., which he's accomplished. He has no desire to go in and take all of Ukraine. However, that's not what the mass public have been uh, told. That's why you have so much support, at least on uh, grassroots level, at least people putting little flags in their windows for the uh, invasion and, uh, you know, Ukraine, NATO fighting against it. And of course, Putin has no intention. I don't believe in going ahead and conquering uh, Europe. Certainly not. He has no desire to do that. He's doing very well at the minute in Russia. Thank you very much. His economy is doing very well. His people seem to be very happy. He doesn't want to go to war and take over Europe, but that's what we're being told. And if you don't know anything about this, and the average member of the public, Joe or Joanne Public, is sitting listening to uh, what's coming out from Grand Shops or from the Daily Mail, they will get into panic saying, are we going to be next? Is he going to come for us next? And of course, we know that that's not actually the case. So, you know, Take everything uh, that these uh, warmongers say with a pinch of salt, especially Grant Shapps, who's a devious little rat. Go and do some uh, research on Grant Shapps. You'll find he has more than one name. Uh, he pops up at Tory conferences with Michael Green, I think is another alias of his, Gemma, uh, landing himself business contracts. He's a shitty little toe rag, is our Grant Shapps. But anyway, no reverence for that guy at all. Uh, we'll have to stop now and take a little break. Uh, I'm going to welcome a guest on here. But in the meantime, Gemma, massive thanks to you always for bringing that very uh, thought-provoking story, actually, and one which undoubtedly we'll hear more of over the coming weeks, if not months, if not years. That's Gemma Cooper. Uh, she'll be back with James Freeman in the next star. I'll be back after this short break. Don't go away. Sean uh, Parker is incoming here for the first time on Locked and Loaded. We'll be right back. TNT, today's news talk. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there, and Biden was behind it, pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went. I bet you more than 50% didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in, in uh, Palestine uh, with the U.S. Since, since, well, under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down, thank God. But under Biden, Obama, they started sending billions over to uh, that part of the world these people are have been after israel forever and and uh, supported by iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them uh, you know basically uh create chaos in the middle east terrorism and and we saw what happened earlier this year about a month ago uh, the two one attack in israel and the death and destruction rape and kidnapping more than 240 people kidnapped joe hoft on today's news talk radio tnt while serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. 
They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, I'm very happy to be joined for the first time on Locked and Loaded. I get to say that a lot so far this year because we have uh, new producers coming on to TNT who are bringing us some excellent new guests, and I'm always happy to talk to new people here. So for the first time, I want to welcome Sean Parker to Locked and Loaded. Sean is a writer. He's an artist and he is also a musician. And if you want to, you can follow him on either the X platform at Sean B. N, I think it's BN or is it BW? My handwriting is absolutely appalling. I think it's BW, actually, Parker, and also on Substack at Sean BW Parker. So welcome, Sean BW Parker. How the hell are you today? Thanks, Rick. Uh, yes, very, very nice to be here. Um, happy to be so. Good, good. Uh, sadly, well, when I say sadly, you've come on to talk about uh, something that seems to be no escaping from in the news at the moment in the UK in particular, which is the post office slash Horizon Fujitsu, uh, you know, shenanigans and skullduggery that I was going to say that's been going on recently, but it hasn't been going on recently. It's been going on for well over a decade now. More and more names seem to be getting pulled into this one. Uh, Sean, we were talking earlier on about Tony Blair. He was allegedly briefed in this as far back as 19. 98. Uh, I've got another news article that I'll throw at you uh, just in a minute or two concerning David Cameron. He apparently was briefed on this. He claims he doesn't remember anything at all about it. Rishi Sunak has came out to say this could be one of the biggest miscarriages of justice in British history. TV series has been made about it. All of a sudden, it's everywhere. Uh, why do you think that is? Why is this all culminating at this point in time? Well, absolutely, um, as you say, and it, it's happening now purely because of ITV. Um, these people have been innocent um, since day one, 25 years, 20, 25 years ago, and they've been exonerated a couple of years ago on a gradual basis. Um, not all of them, but a lot of them. And it took ITV putting it out there to get uh, doing a great drama um, to get a million signatures on a petition for it to have become the public conversation. So the media, as we all know, is now another pillar of power and the justice system. Can you see? Uh, can you see personally a little bit of spin going on at the minute? I noticed last week Rishi Sunak uh, made a very powerful statement condemning everything that's happened, but he seemed to be focusing in on Fujitsu and Horizon. Uh, he didn't mention the post office at all in one of the statements that he made last year. He said this Horizon accounting scandal is a blight on British society. He was very careful in his wording, and you know the way when they release these press statements, they have to be very careful about exactly what they say. In this one statement in particular last week, he didn't mention the post office at all. He seemed to be trying to put the sole blame for this on Horizon, and I suppose you would say, wash his hands if any fallout, if he could make Horizon the scapegoat. Do you think that would be a, a viable strategy from Sunak's uh, government at this time? Well, um, yeah, there almost isn't anything they can do. 
and there's a big suspicion that they're all in cahoots. All of this obviously is um, uh, high-level business, and the computer says no aspect of it, I think, is what um, dismays the public, as me, certainly, and most people I've spoken to. Um, how dare you question the technology? Uh, but the fact is that these are normal people in the sense that it doesn't get much more normal than those people delivering the mail to British people of, you know, 100 years. And then for this to happen, because the computer is faulty, Horizon shipped in from Fujitsu, Japan, um, not working to the best way it's supposed to. And um, But it's possible for, for Tony Blair to pass it on to Cameron, to pass it on to Sunak, who's probably going to be out this year. I say probably. Mm -hmm. There's too much presumption about that. Um, yeah. And they're all going to do that. You don't expect a leopard to change its spots quite that easily. So who knows what any inquiry will do about them. Uh, there's one story in particular that we have highlighted that we're going to talk about right now, if I can uh, just touch on that one with you, Sean. Uh, a chap called Robin Garbutt, okay? So the headline here reads, Post Office Owner Says Horizon System Was Used to Frame Him. Uh, for his wife's murder. So a post office uh, owner is serving life sentence for murdering his wife, hopes to submit a fresh appeal against his conviction, claiming the discredited Horizon software computer system was used to wrongfully frame him for the killing. He's maintained his innocence ever since his wife Diana was bludgeoned to death in their flat above the post office in the early hours of March twenty. Uh, Many of his former customers still visit him in prison regularly, refusing to believe he was capable of the brutal murder. This is another level to this. We've heard about people's marriages breaking down. We've heard about uh, their mental health breaking down. We've heard about uh, losing their businesses, bankruptcies. Some people have died with ill health. Some people have committed suicide. Now, could we see murders being attributed to this horizon, faulty horizon software? It's incredible, isn't it? Um, Mr. Robin Garbutt um, has been a case of empowering the innocent for the last couple of years, which is the organisation operated by Dr. Michael Norton at the University of Bristol. I'm a contributor to his site sometimes. Um, and I discovered Mr. Garbutt's case um, a couple of years ago. Um, and his campaigner, uh, uh, Jane Garbutt, uh, Jane Metcalf, excuse me, not Garbutt, she, she's not related to him, um, has um, been constantly talking about this. And it, um, of course, he, he wasn't put away for fraud, which is what Mr. Alan Bates was, or um, not put away, but he wasn't up, up for the things that they were. He was up for murder of his wife. Um, and the motive that the police bought for this was data out of the horizon things. So basically... He killed her to cover up for stealing that money. Uh, and apparently that data is wrong. He's always said he didn't do it, but not in a I didn't do it gov kind of way, in a factual sort of, uh -huh. there's been lots of appeals. Uh -huh. He keeps going. He's by all accounts, a lovely, lovely bloke. Not that that uh -huh. should matter, but it does. And that, uh -huh. according to Dr. Michael and to Jane and to other people who've met him, he's just a fab chap doing his best inside her, having not done this 12 years later. And now we see... Possibly the motive put away is uh, irrelevant. So can make of that what you will. So this is basically just another uh, 
another story that's breaking. I'm going to say just another story that's breaking. I don't mean to demean from it in any way, but uh, the amount of times uh, we've read, somebody per, uh, put together a list of people on social media of all the people that have been affected by this scandal, wrongfully accused and convicted. And I think it ran to over 700 people. And these are just people whose lives have been destroyed. One or two people, you know, people make mistakes. There are miscarriages of justice, but to run into dozens or even you know 50 or 100 or 200, 300, 400, 500, talking 700 plus people. And that's not including families who have been affected, uh, you know, secondarily by the fact that maybe their mother or father has been arrested, wrongfully convicted, committed suicide, or their marriages have broken down. So many people, uh, Sean, have been affected for this and affected negatively for this. I think maybe uh, there could be even more to be revealed in this. Maybe they're burying some stuff. Maybe everything will come to the light. But certainly these people's voices need to be heard. We've got to take a little uh, news break right now just for 30 seconds. And when we come back after the headlines, I want to talk about uh, the wriggling that's going on with the like of Cameron and Blair who claim they knew nothing about this when in reality nothing really major was down in UK politics without the Prime Minister at least being briefed on it. So I want to look at some of the wriggling and the dancing that's being done by these ex-rogues, ex-prime ministers, both of which, by the way, are making their returns back into British politics again. It would seem unbelievable. It's like the most horrific case of deja vu in history. Uh, we'll look at that in a little bit more detail when we come back after this short break here on TNT Today's News Talk. TNT Radio News. I've got news for you, baby. I've got news for you, baby. News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Israel continues to sow terror among the trapped population in Gaza more than 100 days after invading the besieged territory. Voters in Taiwan have shrugged off warnings from Beijing and re-elected the island's ruling party, which rejects China's territorial claims. And after sending nearly $19 billion worth of military aid to Ukraine, Germany has conceded it has no idea where the weapons have ended up. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Okay, uh, continuing conversation here this morning with Sean Parker for the first time. Sean is a writer, an artist, and a musician. And hopefully, if this hasn't been too stressful for him, uh, it won't be the last time that he'll be making an appearance here on TNT. He'll always be welcome back. I'm enjoying the conversation this morning. Sean, let's talk about a nasty piece of work, if ever there was one. David, quote, just call me Dave, unquote. Cameron, you can remember back in the day, he tried to make himself appealing to the common man by calling himself Dave. Well, Dave doesn't recall being briefed on post office scandal as a prime minister, but he's sorry. You know, that's, that must count for a lot to the victims. He is sorry for the appalling miscarriage of justice. So an apology by former Tory leader comes amid continuing fallout from the post office debacle that led to what was being the brand of the biggest miscarriage of justice in British legal history, blah, blah, blah. Foreign secretary, eh? Foreign secretary? 
Lord Cameron. Hey, that's been some few months for David Cameron, hasn't it? Number one, he gets whipped back into the cabinet again. He gets the foreign secretary role. And then old Charlie goes and makes him a lord in the space of the last few months. What's he been doing uh, to get such favor among the Illuminati, do you think, on a little tangent? What's old Dave been up to? Well, you sort of get the impression that for all of these um, people, it's a career and that's it. And you, they go from space, you know, from position to position to position, coming out of banking, Rishi Sunak is one of the richest men in England, to being prime minister without being elected. Well, fantastic. And then back to Cameron, uh, straight out of Eton. He knows he's a man of destiny. He needs to do this. Um, he will, I, I'm going to say that he did um, enact Brexit off the back of UKIP pressure, as in, and ha has been called a act of democracy, which I'm going to say on his behalf. However, that doesn't um, necessarily atone for a million ills that you've, you've uh, just kind of alluded to. He's to Tony Blair's son, uh, you know, spiritual son, and he learned everything from Blair, who I voted in in 97, first time thinking, this is great. And then within like weeks, he brought in the tuition fees just as I was going back to university as a mature student. And I haven't forgiven him since then. And then Iraq war, everything else, into Cameron, into Sunak, into where we are. And they all pass the blame. The blame culture is the main thing here. It doesn't matter the colour of the party, as far as I can tell. Ed Davey has more blood on his hands, in, if you pardon the expression, than Cameron with this, because he's such a hypocrite about it. He goes on about care every single time, this very soft, very caring voice, and won't apologise for absolutely messing up um, with the postmasters, appalling stuff, and no one should vote Lib Dems whilst he's in charge, I would say. Here's the thing too, uh, Sean, whenever uh, a politician has done their damage, uh, very often they conveniently say, you know, my time is up, I am going to retire. They disappear out of the public eye, but they never really leave politics and they never stop lining their own pockets. So, for example, we saw uh, Boris Johnson stepping aside, briefly replaced by Liz Truss, who, of course, then was replaced by uh, Rishi Sunak. We had, what, three prime ministers in the space of, what, six months, technically, from June until December uh, of the year before last, Not two of which weren't elected. I think we had four uh what do you call them, Chancellor of the Exchequers within the space of uh, three months as well. Just reshuffling going on galore. The like of Matt Hancock after the whole COVID shenanigans, he just uh, faded away from being, you know, the, the health minister. Grant Shops, he's appearing in every role. Do they wriggle off the hook a little bit too easily, do you think, uh, when they disappear from public eye? Is it a case of out of sight, out of mind for these people until it's convenient to bring them back again to do some other uh, shenanigans? They're an appalling shower, aren't they? Um, mm. And well, this whole the whole thing of once it's done, then I'm going to go on. I'm a celebrity um, to improve mm. my public image and to earn two hundred grand um, is revolting. And but, but they can also help their public image at the same time by saying, "Look, aren't I a real person?" Well, everybody is, and and it's just that when you were doing that, you did this terrible piece of of the blame shifting, like like I mentioned. So. Uh, um, the way they go about that and the media tie-in to politics is um, something that, that the Tories should be punished for in itself. It's um, always being 
equivocal as much as I can. The Tories have had crisis after crisis over the 14 years, but that's the nature of postmodern politics. That's what's going to happen. Um, you also have to do the good work and austerity. People can't forgive them for that, though. Though, though the the Labour Party did arguably spend all the money before they had to do that. So equivocal, but they never apologise for the stuff. It shouldn't be a life-ending, career-ending, reputation-ending thing to apologise. That's a big problem, and that's where the politics could learn from psychology or from the new spirit of of openness. It really should get into politics a little bit more like it has for the, for the tech guys, you know? Um, yeah. You know, there's a condition that's been talked about a lot in the media, long COVID. People are questioning whether or not it really exists or not. I think there's another condition that people aren't describing, which is political amnesia. Okay, political amnesia. So we have Cameron exhibiting classical symptoms of political amnesia right now. Let me just wrap it up by saying this. He uh, he was asked by uh, Sky News this Sunday morning with Trevor Phillips. Lord Cameron said, I don't recall in any detail being briefed or being aware of the scale of this issue. He added, it's hard to remember every letter and every piece of paper that is put in front of you. But the Foreign Secretary added, this is an appalling miscarriage of justice and everyone who's been involved in any way over the last 20 years has got to be extremely sorry as I am about what has happened. You know, if you have a car accident, Sean, the insurance company advise you, never apologize. Because if you apologize, it's an admission of guilt, technically speaking. So although Cameron's banging on, I don't remember, I don't recall every piece of paper, he still apologized. If this was a car accident, mm. that would be almost like an admission of guilt. But of course, this slimy little toad will wriggle off the hook, I have no doubt, and try and pass the buck onto the horizon paymasters whenever it comes to taking one for the team here. Scapegoating horizon, do you think? Uh, will we see justice? Will we see any jail time served? Just in a nutshell, as we're up this up for the people that were responsible for this, or will there be compensation payouts and then they'll vow never to let it happen again? Well, it's going to be very hard for them to apply that kind of justice since um, the Fujitsu is from a foreign country, it's from Japan, they've got their own lawyers and they're going to pass the blame to the government. They're going to do this little dance until um, this one's going to be contained in compensation, make that compensation robust, um, take some of that 400 billion you spent on the COVID uh, PPE or whatever it is, or the multi-million spent each year on DEI policies and maybe give it to those compensated uh, people who deserve compensation from the postmasters, you know, it's a few million, yes it is, but they absolutely deserve it. Um, the ones that actually did do it, they've made something out of this. There's not going to be very many of them, not when they've uncovered, you know, possibly a couple of people trying to get away with it. But, you know, don't get rid of the concept of justice because of those couple. Do that on a long-term basis and pay them the money. Let Robin Garbutt out, get the CCRC to put a proper, robust, putting the, all these, these details into what happened to Robin Garbett, because that is a terrible miscarriage of justice. You know, I really appreciate We're up to time now. I do appreciate you coming on and uh, speaking so openly and so frankly about this. And of course, adding uh, your, your opinions in there and also bringing to light another person that could be a 
a result of this scandal, which is Robin Garbutt in this case. So, uh, Sean uh, Parker, I just want to direct people again your way. If you don't already do so, if you use the extra Twitter platform, check them out at Sean BW. I've changed my handwriting here. It's not BN, it's BW. My handwriting is really, really bad. Uh, Sean BW Parker on X slash Twitter or Substack as well. You can read his writings there at the same handle at Sean BW Parker. So, Sean, massive thanks to you again. I don't know what you're going to do or plan to do for the rest of the day but I hope you have a great one and uh, we'll stay in touch and hopefully we'll talk again here on TNT big salute to you so that's Sean Parker uh, I'm going to be back after this short break with Mr Ben Pyle my old spar sparring partner in crime don't go away more incoming here on TNT today's news talk with his expert analysis and opinion this is TNT radio's Timothy Shea I can't overemphasize how important it is not to be excited about last week's Epstein drops. We haven't learned anything of much value from them. In fact, all the valuable information, all the videotapes, the client list, etc., is still under lock and key at FBI headquarters, controlled by FBI Director Christopher Wray. This blackmail information gives Wray as much power as his crooked, corrupt predecessor, J. Edgar Hoover, who blackmailed every president under whom he served in half of DC to boot, if you're to believe the stories. And make no mistake, that's exactly what this is, blackmail material. That's why Jeffrey Epstein had security cameras in every nook and cranny of every house he owned. That's why he had hundreds, if not thousands of hours, of video recordings of very prominent people with underage girls and allegedly boys. Whether it was CIA or FBI, MI5 or MI6, Mossad or several of these, doesn't matter. The fact is, Epstein was running an intelligence community honey trap. And the fact is that the real material will never see the light of day. If you doubt this, consider the coincidence of Epstein fixer Michael Sitnik having his servers stolen just the preceding weekend. There are no coincidences. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. We are for pets. We do anything for them because they do everything for us. We are for people for those who love pets unconditionally. We are for good, from adoptions and veterinary care to disaster relief and fighting pet hunger. We stand together to create a better world for pets and families in need. We are PetSmart Charities, for pets, for people, for good. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, informative and engaging and probably several other things as well to boot. Insert your own uh, adjective as you please. This is TNT Today's News Talk. We are live, uncensored, unscripted, raw, etc., etc. And I'm very happy to be joined again for the first time in 2024, hopefully not the last time, by the one and only Ben Pyle. Ben is an independent researcher and he's also a writer. He's a net zero critic and a skeptic. Eh? A skeptic. Uh, he's also the co-founder of At Climate Debate UK, which you can follow on X or Twitter at Climate Debate UK. Support him if you can at climatedebate.co.uk. He has a fantastic website and newsletter that he puts out. Ben, happy new year and how the hell are you today? Happy new year. Yeah, I'm all right. I've um, been outside a bit. It's uh, beautiful outside, but windy and cold. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, but looking forward to the new year. And um Look all your de developments over at TNT, who listened since eight this morning to Abby and Co. Sonia. And so, 
And so I did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? I didn't get up that early. That was that was too too much for me. So uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, Abby is like a cup of coffee, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I woke up uh, triple pretty shot quick. espresso. <laughs> yeah. yeah, triple shot espresso. But you know what? It's good. Uh, there's a lot of different pacings here in TNT. Uh, some people are very you know laid back in their delivery. Some people are like an explosion, which is great because you know I think we have something for everybody here on TNT. And of course, uh, you're very very welcome back again. I've uh, been talking this morning, generally speaking, about things that have been happening in the UK. You talked about the weather here. There was actually a little uh, fall of snow, just a, just a little fall of snow here just before you came on as well. So, you know, winter's doing what winter does. Uh, summer's been doing what summer does. Uh, however, despite all that, the relentless campaign is still on to drop in uh, planetary destruction. If we don't take action, we're all going to die. Everything is linked to climate change, this weather. If we don't act, the future is not certain for our children and so on and so forth. Do you think people are getting fatigued with this yet? Uh, I mean, like we've been talking about it, you and I now, for nearly two years here in TNT, trying to highlight the reality of what's happening, which is basically just the world being the world. Do you think there's cracks starting to appear in the narratives at the minute? Are people getting fatigued with all this, man? It's always the bottom line, I think, and I think the bottom line is 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 hitting people very quickly, and and we're working out. If you go to my Substack, which uh, a plug, um, I've been looking at the green economy a lot over the last uh, well this year. Um, this is the point of the new Substack is to show the that the economics aren't of the green agenda, just aren't working, even on its own terms. And even despite all the subsidies that are being pumped in, um, which we could talk about in more detail, mm -hmm. despite that, despite all the policies that are forcing companies and individuals and households to do certain things, there is no growth, as far as I can tell, in the green sector. And there's just cost. So there's been a tripling over the last two decades of electricity prices that people pay in there, you know, for domestic electricity. Um, I'm, I haven't checked yet what, what, what that is for commercial rates or industrial rates, but that, that's the bottom line. And the bottom line is pushing businesses overseas and it's, and it's forcing households to sort of cut, well, it's reducing their disposable income. They're not going out to the restaurants. They're not going out to the cinemas as a consequence of this. I mean, other things as well. I mean, I'm not just saying the whole economy is about the green economy, you know, all the problems that the government has created for us are about climate change. But that's where the that's that's where a significant part of it is. And the, the, this is because this has happened because of the undue influence of 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 uh, the green blob, essentially, if you want to call that, it's a system of NGOs, of think tanks, which which don't have any connection to the public at large, and they generally aren't connected to sort of any, uh, you know, real world experience of making things, of running businesses. They're sort of very abstract in their outlook and their understanding, and they surround Westminster. And that's what we've seen in the, from the likes of Keir Starm, who's likely to be the next prime minister, God help us. Mm -hmm. um, not that Rishi Sunak's a much of a better offering, but but it, it, and and they, they the whole of Westminster just seems to keep, they sort of show a little sign of sort of recognizing the hardship that's being, hardships 
are being created out of all this and then they roll it all back and they double down on on the green agenda or they do something sneaky like the the, the prime minister rishi sonak saying one moment oh we're going to push back the the date of the car ban from 2030 to 2035 and and everyone goes oh well maybe maybe things are changing but then then what happens is um he it, the, the car there's a car mandate it's not like there's a date and then there's a ban what happens is, is that, oh we're going to reduce the number of car electric cars sorry uh, conventional cars that are allowed to be sold by five percent a year or how, whatever the, the rate is um so it's a ban by the back door but it's salami slicing it's bit by bit by bit mm -hmm. and it's the same with gas boilers they're going to be fines for companies that don't sell a certain number of um uh, uh, uh what are they called heat pumps sorry how can yep. i forget they're called heat pumps so yep. uh, so it's it's just it's just all lies and um they, they just seem determined to do it but i do think the dam is going to break at some point because people it is about bottom lines and and you know you can't you can't pr away the 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 basic arithmetic people are going to be made bankrupt people are going to find it's not worth their time working and people are mm. going to find themselves uh, um, at a loss and they're going to look for alternatives. Unfortunately, uh, we've got a political culture because we've been so pushed out of democratic politics, I believe, at least, that we don't have a culture of people sort of seeing what's on the table and 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 making decisions on that basis and i think you know people i think that's deliberate in some in in many senses but but it, it, unfortunately we sort of depend i think we've got we sort of depend on institu our institutions and our political parties to sort of make the right decisions and to have the best uh, guidance and so on and it doesn't really need to be a debate about anything and a lot of voters a lot of people sort of expect that of 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 the uh, of the establishment and they so they haven't really been checking the ideology of the establishment if you like and it's been festering um and it's been making these decisions it's it's wholly anti-industry now it's wholly anti the whole concept of working for example um in you know to, to to make things and to produce things it's all very embedded in this sort of very abstract academic way of looking at things and sort of problematizing everyday life it's a problem that you heat your home it's a problem that you have baths mm -hmm. and showers and toilets and lights when you expect it and and um the, so so you know this has been on the cards for a really long time and it hasn't been contested in westminster and so the, the agenda has grown and grown and grown and now that there isn't really any connection with between the government uh and the public um yeah. this is this i think it's reached a point of it's it's going to reach a point of a critical mass as it were um well, relatively you see, you see that See that point that you're talking about? Just listening to you, you mentioned dam bursting, and I talked at the start of the cracks starting to appear here. If you can remember back uh, to the dot-com bubble, you remember that dot-com technology bubble that burst very, very spectacular. Everybody hyped up and bought into the hype. This is the next big thing. And then, of course, there was the tech sector meltdown, and a lot of people lost money during the so-called dot-com bubble. Do you think the same thing uh, could be said to be happening or will happen, certainly, with this whole green agenda, you know, pushing for you know, complete reliance on renewable energy, phasing out uh, hydrocarbons, or some people call them fossil fuels. We're starting to see uh, people scratching their heads now with the EVs, uh, the residuals, uh, the secondhand value of the EVs is very small. It's now cut 
turning out to be a hell of a lot more costly to run those things than was originally advertised. And of course, you have a lot of uh, fear now around EV fires, things catching fire at the minute, uh, and insurance for EVs is going through the roof. Could we start this? Are we starting to see the tide turning against EVs? Uh, Teslas as well, just by the way, I was talking to a, a relative of mine over the weekend. He he fancies uh, one of these Tesla trucks, but he said that he's, although he's put a deposit down for it, he said it could be years before they get to Europe because of issues to do with the front. Uh, the front of the car isn't collapsible in an, uh, an accident. They may be years before they get to market, at which case, if the bubble has burst, uh, there's going to be no Tesla to talk about. What do you think? Am I wishfully thinking here, or can you see this starting to unravel at this time? Well, EVs, I've always called them a bridging technology to no car. No car, like, yeah. You know, you, you're like kind of, they're, gonna, they're not going to get cheaper because batteries aren't getting cheaper. Um, battery, there's a shortage of batteries on and the materials to make batteries on the world market. And that sort of speaks to the irrational ideas of environmentalism. Say, oh, we could just get all this, we could just pull out all this really toxic metal out of the ground and power cars with that rather than the chunks of aluminium that engines used to be made of and so on and so forth. I mean, it might be that some technology turns up that makes batteries um, really, really nice and healthy and you know, clean and what have you, whatever they want to protest about. But I, I think it's a salam. EVs are a salami slice. They don't have a plan in which there is any private transport. And and and, and if you actually investigate the green, what the green organisations sort of lobby the government, um, what they actually want and what they, they you know, the, the, what, how they write, it's everyone everyone is walking and cycling not going not never flying of course um not eating meat and and of course not driving anywhere and already you know we've discussed this a lot on your channel um the 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 uh the ltns and the and the ulezes and so on and so forth are designed to sort of put uh local councils which should be serving their local constituents they they want to be the the, the advanced guard of net zero they're the they're the organized they're the sort of level at which net zero is going to be you, you're, you're first going to encounter it um the national government is going to be a lot slower because it's much more nervous about um over uh you know being a bit of being a bit of a burden on people or being recognized as a burden on people um but, but you're you're the earlier part of your question though that's a really interesting one too um i so so when people get fatigued with this uh, i think you're suggesting and the cracks are broken and so on and so forth mm. will people reject climatism um wholesale i think that's possible but what the, got, if you take a historical look at the green movement and you go back to the 1960s it what they weren't they weren't worried about climate change they were worried about um overpopulation this malthusian idea um resource loss and pollution buildup and things of that nature and they were very worried about people moving to cities which is what they want people to do now they want to contain people in cities they want to pull people off the land and and and, and push them into these me mega cities but but um environmentalism is very good at reinventing itself along these ways and building building a, a sort of the basis for its ideas in in computer simulations of of human society and its interactions with the the natural world so that's what that's the club of rome's famous experiment in 1972 the uh, then they 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 their hypothesis was called uh, the limits to growth and they were predicting all sorts of things like the uh, uh, famines in India um, that would wipe out all the population the, one of the proponents of that Paul Ehrlich he said England wouldn't exist by the year 2000 but and all of course all the predictions they produced through this simulation were false um, but they never got because they're just 
backed by money you know they've got no other they're, they're not they're not real science they just sort of do these superficial scientific exercises um they they, they just were able to in, reinvent themselves in the 1980s and in the 1990s um under global warming so they just reinvented all their stories so if if we sort of do sort of put to bed all of the climate alarmism i think environmentalism will will reinvent itself because the the desire is for global institutions. The guy, there's a desire is for sort of um, you know one size fits all policies and the construction of of powerful political agencies above national democracy, and they need a basis on which to organise um, their own uh, interests, right? And that's got to be something like the environment. Um, you you meet people who you know these sort of advocates of this kind of form of politics, and they say global problems need global solutions. Well, actually, the truth of the statement actually is that global solutions need global problems um mm. and so there's this whole industry yeah. that problematizes life as it as it, in the in the interests of such a political project problematizes that's an absolutely fantastic word sometimes people well, that's their word, yeah. say things that <laughs> stick in my head problematizing i like it and that uh, statement you made about the evs about an ev is simply a bridging vehicle to go to no car at all that's something that always stuck with me from one of the very first times that you came on here there's a story here uh, that i suppose highlights the fantasy versus the reality of some of the measures that are trying to be thrust upon us there's an article that appeared here in the uh, the telegraph in the uk where a chap says I don't regret my heat pump. That's his. Uh, that's his statement. He says, "Here's why you should get one too." So this is a piece written in the Telegraph, but in the same piece, uh, what he, what he says is his bill is actually 150 pounds higher than the cap, despite living in a terraced house, and it cost him 18 and a half thousand quid to install this thing, including 7,000 pounds worth of ventilation and. It took two weeks, 18 and a half thousand quid to install this thing, including 7,000 pounds worth of ventilation. And it took two weeks to install the damn thing. People traipsing in and out through the house, total disruption. So two weeks to install, 18 and a half grand outlay, and his bill is 150 pounds higher than the cap. But still, he's saying that he doesn't regret getting it. Is this mental illness? Yeah, right. It's it's something, Rick. I don't know what it is. I mean, it, 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 that. I'm, I wonder if like the the two weeks that he didn't spend in his home, yeah. is that is that on top of that's on top of the eighteen thousand or however much it was as well, isn't it? That you've got to you've got to take all the stuff out of your house. You've got to put it all in storage, and then you've got to find somewhere to be. Perhaps probably with a family. I can't imagine that costing less than a few grand on to, on top of all that as well. So so the you know this is the best part. I mean, maybe even more than twenty thousand. And and remember, it's an it's a terraced house. It's not a grand house by any stretch of the imagination. So it's probably like you know an, an average house, um, and that's twenty thousand pounds. I do, that's 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 more than a year's money for me, right? Like never mind saving up. Where does that ben. like where? Do, where does ben, that come from? I mean, there's terraced houses near where I live, and I'm not joking. You, they, they cost less than eighteen and a half grand. Maybe what right. they could do is they could they could advertise a heat pump for sale with free terraced house attached, <laughs> not a terraced house with a heat pump attached, but the other way around. It's but listen, I don't know what's going on with people in general. We talked earlier on uh, before you came on with uh, Natalie about filtering water. Maybe there's stuff in the water that's pe causing people to do crazy omolalo things right now. 
right? And without a shadow of a doubt, for someone to come on and advocate the use of something that's cost them 18 and a half K up front, plus two weeks out of house and home, plus £150 over the price cap to begin with. To me, all joking aside, there must be something missing upstairs. And I think slowly but surely, as the hype train does derail with all of this, I think people are going to come to their senses. Unfortunately, my friend, it's going to have resulted in a lot of money changing hands, a lot of people being conned. Like time, It reminds me of timeshare apartments back in the 80s. They were the next mm. big thing. It turned out they were one of the biggest scams in history. I think the green things the same thing just lastly because we're uh coming up to time here this was this is a funny one that you reposted uh the british remad uh, research has found the planning application for the lower thames crossing runs to almost three hundred and sixty thousand pages of text if it was led end to end the planning application would stretch for 66 miles which is five times longer than the road that they're actually planning to build three hundred and sixty thousand pages of planning application madness my friend and of course printed out on paper i think a lot of trees would have had to be felled uh, for that planning application to go through but hey what do we know ben we're up to time in this one it's been an absolute blast and lovely to see you again here in 2024 hopefully you'll have a wonderful day going and doing whatever you're doing in your part of the world that's ben Pyle. follow him on Cheers, x follow uh, him on substack climate resistance uk i'm rick munn i gotta get out of here james freeman's incoming i'll be back in the morning 9 a.m sharp here live on censored and unscripted on tnt today's news talk